Do you wonder if others are dealing with the same project management challenges as you? Not sure where to turn for guidance and leadership? Office Hours are in session as we discuss project management and PMOs with global leaders, hearing their story and learning their secrets to success. Our goal is to empower you and help you elevate your PMO and project management career to new heights. Welcome back to Project Management Office Hours with your host, PMO Joe. Welcome everyone to Project Management Office Hours. We are the number one live project management radio show in the U.S., broadcasting to you today from the Phoenix Business Radio X studios in Tempe, Arizona. I'm your host, PMO Joe, and for the next hour or so, we'll be talking project management. Today is an exciting day. It's our 100th episode. How exciting. Uh, We've got two great special guests with us, but before we get into a conversation with them, I wanted to take a moment just to thank some people. Our first episode was February 15th, 2018. And our special guest was Jill Smith. So thank you, Jill, for taking the leap of faith with me and starting this off. And of course, all of these shows wouldn't be possible without a lot of help. I'm just the the face in front of the camera, which is scary. Uh, Usually it was the voice behind the microphone on the radio. But without a bunch of people, this doesn't happen. So I certainly want to thank Karen Nowicki, who owns the radio station we work out of, Phoenix Business Radio X. Thank you, Karen, for prompting me to get going with this. Uh, And then your support team, Angie Shields, Daryl Robinson, Kendra Maples, Kelly Lorenzen, uh, Lauren Jenny, who works on my team, and of course, all the other support team members of Business Radio X back in the Atlanta home base that come in and help with the show as well. And of course, I want to thank all the guests we've had on. Uh, As we reach milestones, you go back and look at things. Uh, We've done 100 episodes today. We'll have 151 guests total uh, that will be from those shows. That's going to cover 18 different countries uh, that we've represented on the show. Uh, 62 women, uh, 89 men, so uh, 41% to 59%, close to half, uh, which is good, I think. One married couple on the show, which was a unique experience. Um, And then some industry legends we've been fortunate enough to have on Dr. Harold Kersner was on, Lee Lambert, Antonio Nieto Rodriguez, Ricardo Vargas, Mark Price Perry, Andy Jordan, Laura Bernard, Americo Pinto, Suzanne Madsen, Elizabeth Heron, and on and on the list goes. But more importantly, I think for our show is we've been a platform to be able to give people a voice to tell their story because they didn't have a platform otherwise to be able to do that. And also, of course, want to thank our audience, because if we don't have an audience, then none of this is really possible. I'm just talking into a microphone for myself, and that's not fun for me. Um, And we've had over 40 million plays and downloads of the show. I stopped counting when we hit that number, so I don't know where we're at today, but I guess it doesn't matter when you get past a certain number. But tremendous thanks to all of you. In the past year alone, our audience demographics have shifted to the point where 48% of our our listeners are coming from outside the United States. And I think that just truly represents the fact that we're not a U.S. show. We're, we're an industry show, a global show, talking out there for the benefit of everybody. So thank you, all of our listeners who join us twice per month to, to hear the show. Lastly, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, from the beginning, the PMO Squad, small company that I just happen to own, has been a sponsor for us. So I want to thank the PMO Squad for giving us the opportunity to bring our brand out to the public. Uh, But more importantly, really, is the other companies who've come along and supported us. Uh, Talaya is a project management software company out of Spain who very early on came in and joined us as a sponsor of the show, traveled from Spain to be a guest on the show, so that was fantastic. PMP Master Prep and Scott Payne uh, came on as a sponsor for a while as well. So certainly want to thank Scott for that. BPMMA, nonprofit organization helping veterans transition into the project management space, and the PMO Leader, uh, a global PM community uh, also supporting us. So thank you to all of them. If I've missed anybody, uh, it wasn't intentional, and I will catch you at some point to say thank you as well. All right, we're past the thank yous. And uh, just a reminder, though, to everybody that, hey, you can get a PDU for this, right? Every one of our shows, this is 100 PDUs worth of content for free. 
Right, just go out to your your PMI area and do your self-reported PDUs. Pop the the name in there. Put the episode in the description, the date you watch the show, um, and it's a great way to be able to get those PDUs you need to recertify. I just did it myself last week, um, so I'm happy to be able to have that out there for everybody as well. We're streaming live on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and we're also live on internet radio, so we're being heard around the world. And I'm very excited today to have our special guests with us. Asia Watkins is joining us from the Atlanta area, and Kim Essendroop is here with me in studio. So welcome, Asia and Kim. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Asia, if you want to take a moment just to introduce yourself and say hello to everybody, that would be really appreciated. Absolutely. So my name is Aisha Watkins. I'm the founder of Women of Project Management. Uh, we are the only network created to support women and women of color in every specialty of the project management industry worldwide. Um, and that's a little bit about me. And before we even jump in, into it, I just want to say congratulations on your 100th episode. I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but that's a really big deal. So I'm glad to be a part of it. Well, thanks so much. And thank you for, for joining in. I think we we're talking before the show today is a historic day in the United States mm-hmm. as we're having our first black woman uh, nominated to, well, not nominated, but approved to be on the U.S. Supreme Court. So great mm-hmm. to be able to ironically pair that up with somebody who has a community supporting women of color as mm-hmm. well within our industry. So thank you for joining us, Asia. Absolutely. Kim, your repeat returning guest uh, from show number five way back when, when we first started out. So thank you so much for joining us today as well. I'm really excited to be back on again. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. If you could take a moment just to introduce yourself and let everybody know a little bit more about you, that'd be awesome. Sure. My name is Kim Essendrup. I am co-founder and co-host of the Project Management Happy Hour. And uh, well, I'm also co-founder and uh, one of the partners at Colmy Group. We're a project and portfolio management consultancy. And I'm really excited to be on the show again, Joe. It was fun the first time, and I can't believe I get to come back. And wow, 100, what an amazing milestone. Congrats. Yeah, I think that just means we're, I'm old. Right? <laughs> I, if I think back to then, I didn't have, I don't think I was wearing glasses back then. So now I have to wear my glasses to see my notes, to see the screen, to see the guests. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm just getting old. But again, thank you both. You're both great hosts of shows. And, and one of the things I've learned from a hundred shows is how much I didn't know, right? I've been able to learn so much from all of the guests that have come on. I call them my own personal mentoring sessions Mm -hmm. that just happen to have a microphone there for everybody else in the world to be able to hear. So for you guys, what's that same experience for you, Asia? Are you, what are some of those lessons that you've taken away from your shows? Yeah, so from the guest, um, there's so many different women that I learn from. I agree. I feel like you. I'm just sitting there like a fly on the wall, I feel like sometimes, and I'm learning just as much. Um, for us, the mass majority of our mem- of our guests are members that are from our community. And so um, we like to, it's important for us to amplify their voices. But it's amazing what happens when you interview them and ask them questions and you think you know what you're going into, and then they just blow you away. Um, I've learned from just my podcast episodes of things I didn't know you do in project management. Uh, One of our members, I interviewed her, she was an aerospace project manager, and I had never, ever heard of that before. (laughs) And so some of the things, I don't even like to talk to them too, too much about it because I want to listen with the with the listeners as well. But I've learned so much. We just had a, a our latest episode was about project management and blockchain. And I had no clue, you know, how the two went together and FinTech and, and the huge, um, you know, need for project managers in that space, project managers, program managers, you know, everybody. I've learned a lot. I'm always blown away by everyone's brilliance and all those different unique perspectives. Yeah, I, I certainly share that. How about you, Kim? What have what have you taken away from? Because you've up to seventy five shows 70, or so. Mid mid seventies. We're closing on on eight. We're we're a ways from a hundred, but oh, you'll get there. Yeah, I mean, I love it too. It, every, every time we do a podcast, it's it's like a mini coaching session. Where I get to learn from from a guest 
Or, I mean, I love to hang out with my co-host, Kate, and she's brilliant in her own ways, which are, you know, she has skills that I don't have. And so every episode we have, I get to learn from her and I feel like our listeners get to learn from her as well. And then what I really enjoy are, is our membership community. So we get a lot of direct engagement with our members. Uh, we do coaching sessions and I love to speak with them. I love to hear the challenges they're up against, kind of talk through them because it, I feel like I'm getting an education along the way to see what everyone in the community is facing as well. Yeah, that's a great point. It's mm-hmm. um, people listen, and this is just a point in time, but both of you are able to extend that moment right through your communities. Um, and, and really the industry gets to benefit from all of that and one another, not just from, from your community being the hosts of the community, but the people within it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think back to, to some of my shows, right. And I, I think it was the show with Elizabeth Heron. And at one point, I think I was supposed to talk and it was kind of a dead silence because I was listening so intently to her. I just said, I'm sorry. I felt like I was getting mentored, right? It, it was just a, one of those opportunities where it's real life gets in, in the middle of it. Um, or, and Amira, Amira Mahazahari was on, she's now in Australia, but she started out in Iran and she was there during the Iraq Iran wars growing up as a young child and the influence that that had on her life. Her father had lost his job. His mother, her mother had lost a job as a teacher and how she was getting educated as fighter planes are flying over and bombs dropped on her aunt's front yard. And, and we were talking about project management stuff and she's sharing these stories. And that's when I realized, Hey, what we do, and it's obviously being accentuated right now in the real world as well, but project management is just not as important as a lot of things. Um, and to hear some of the guests talk about those experiences has, has really been important. I think for me as well, to learn how to prioritize life work balance, right? I don't call it work life balance because I put life first. Uh, Mm -hmm. so life work balance comes out of shows like this as well. How about, so community wise, right? We've touched on these communities and Asia, you brought yours up, but Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more about women of project management and why that's so important for you. Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll kind of start with a very brief summary of even why I started it. So for me, um, I've worked in um, the pharma industry in project management my whole career. So it's been about 20 years um, on the corporate side working for um, healthcare companies um, and like Fortune 50. So the, the big companies. And one of the things that I ran into is that I did I never worked with enough women um, and I rarely worked with women of color. And so to be able to get through the, the majority of my career on the corporate side for 20 years and easily not work with any women of color, it was for me, um, starting the community was just out of necessity for myself because I really just needed that community for myself. And so funny enough, I, mean, I know a lot of people when they start you know, businesses, they do the research and who else is out there. And I really couldn't find it or I would have just joined it. <laughs> and so I just decided to go ahead and start it. And so now I'm just so grateful that um, we get to have these beautiful conversations. We get to learn, but it is something also about um, being able just to see other women that look like you and that are thriving in their careers and that um, that there's no titles, you know, they let down those titles. There's no, no ego and um, we share. So we have masterclasses, you're in PDUs. Um, We have live calls um, where we can all acknowledge each other, teach something. We'll have someone come in, mostly our members to teach something. Uh, But one of the things that I started when I started the community was the first thing was our member directory. And so it, it started out just a few people in there, <laughs> including me. And now there's literally hundreds and hundreds of women. But that was the number one thing that I started out doing because it was so important for me for other women to see other women who look like them um, and that they were thriving, that they could, um, it was very tangible, that they can touch them, um, they can connect with them, they can um, talk to them, get mentors. So we do a little bit of everything between the master classes. We do mentorship programs. We partner with organizations that are intentional about supporting women and women of color and hiring them from our community in project management. And then we help them get certified as well. So we do that a lot by partnering with other people who have 
amazing project management um, skills or communities as well. So uh, that's kind of it in a nutshell. It's my heart and my soul. <laughs> and, and you gave me a behind the scenes tour of that community. So when you say the member directory and they can see other women of color, everyone has a picture there, right? So it's, mm -hmm. it's a visual yeah. reference for them to attach to. It's not just a name. Mm -hmm. You can actually see that person who looks like you in the community. Yeah, absolutely. And their titles and a little bit of summary behind it. And we love to share the the, the things that you're not going to necessarily find on, you know, our resumes or on LinkedIn. And those are important, right? Because they give you the highlights. But we also know as women, women of color, and just anybody in this industry, because I don't think anyone wakes up and, and, and they're bored and they say they want to be in project management. You don't know. A lot of times you kind of drift into it, right? And then you fall in love with it. But we love to also share, too, uh, how we got into it. And a lot of times it's not a straight A to B. And, and also you didn't mention it, but also job postings in there as well, right? Yeah. For partners, yeah. companies. Yeah. Absolutely. We partner with a lot of great organizations. We've partnered with um, Amazon, one of them, Thompson, um, nonprofits, um, government, um, different government roles. And so we, it's important for us to talk to them, to talk to whoever that's hiring, whether it's head of HR or their executive team, just to make sure they understand who we are and that we will only allow uh, align with organizations that um, know exactly who we are and what our mission is and that they're also in alignment with that. It makes it just a win-win on both sides. And we've had really, really great uh, results for organizations um, because of that partnership. What a great community. That's really cool. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. And we have the, the URL here on screen, but also, so just a, a question out of curiosity, right? Women of project management can men join as well is the, is do you have any uh men in there is not or not we do not have any men but we have had men ask before listen we'll welcome everybody but the content is mostly <laughs> geared towards women from a woman's woman's perspective but we love everyone who wants to join but but i just give them a good warning <laughs> We did a show, um, I guess it was back in the 30s, show 38 maybe or so, but with um, Cornelia Homewood, who used to work with Kim, yeah. Linda Stanton, and Elise Stevens. And Elise mm -hmm. Stevens runs a Celebrating Women of Project Management yearly event. Mm -hmm. And and we talked about that. And for me, it was, again, it was a, a learning curve. I had, you know, I'm 50 plus years old. So when that conversation happened, I was in my early 50s still. And and they were talking about experiences as women that they have in conference rooms every day and on mm -hmm. project teams every day that I, I was probably contributing to unknowingly. Mm -hmm. And and it was very eye-opening for me to understand imposter syndrome and, and the clothes that you need to wear to work so that you're not perceived the right way or you are perceived the right way. Um, yeah. And I never once in my career ever worried about what I had to wear to, to work. Um, so shows like that and communities like yours are so important for people who are uneducated in, in areas that are of importance to our industry. So thank you, Asia, for, for putting that community together, leading it and giving it a voice with your show and, and certainly with that community. Thank you. I appreciate that. Kim, how about you? Obviously, you guys have a, a very successful community as well off of the show. You had mentioned it a little bit earlier, but can you give us a little more detail about that? We do. So before the show, I, I did a lot of coaching and mentoring and, and I seem to be answering a lot of the same questions. So I thought I'll just put this in the blog post and I'll share the blog post. But funny enough, people don't want to read 10,000 word <laughs> podcast or 10,000 word blog post on project management. So I thought, how can I make this a little more interesting and accessible and had the idea for doing a podcast. So I reached out to Kate because I figured, well, how can I make this more fun? And um, and I figured that'd be the way to do it. So we did a few episodes and people that we didn't know and weren't related to started listening to it. So we <laughs> kept going. And um, as we grew, we saw an opportunity to work with some of our listeners a little more closely and have them, you know, help help join a community. So we stood that up and that's worked out really well for us. And we have a, a platform. We moved from kind of an old school BBS system onto a little more modern uh, social tool. And it's really cool to get to interact with everybody. And one of my favorite things that we give as a perk to our, our um, 
our members, which at the time we thought, well, let's try this out and see if it works or if we get overwhelmed as we'll do uh, one-on-ones with our members. So if you've got nice. a problem, you want to do a one-on-one, we'll, we'll let you schedule one per month. And I got to tell you, I, I love that so much. It's, it's so fun to listen to our, our, to our members, to talk with them, to understand where they are. A lot of times it's some career coaching. So understanding where people are in their careers and it's interesting. You do a lot of one-on-ones and you start to see different trends among your audience and what, what's going on in the community. And it's fun to help other people because I had people who helped me along. So it's nice to pass that along. And, um, it really, really makes it fun. I, I, even if nobody listened to us as a podcast, it'd still be fun to record the episodes because that's a lot of great learning content, but then interacting with the members, it's just really what, what keeps us motivated. One of the things I love about your show is it's, it's serious content, but you guys approach it in a more lighthearted way, right? You, you have a little fun with it, right? I, I, your tagline is like something a little salty or something. Was... <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, we try to have fun with it. Um, sort of that, you know, after a long day of work and you go to a, you maybe go to a happy hour or coffee hour with a really close friend who understands what you do and you can share, maybe rant a little bit, but you know, it's, it's fun. We like what we do and it's, it's nice to have that positive take on it. Yeah. I was listening recently. I can't remember when, but your, um, your first show with Tim Creasy, who's the chief innovation officer at ProSci. And if any, everybody listening, if you want a great podcast moment, it's when Kate has what she calls the first podcast mic drop moment. And when uh, Tim provides a little education on his philosophy about change management, I think it was one of the best lessons he's ever learned uh, along the way. And, and Kate just it almost exploded through the microphone. She was so excited. Uh, so strongly encourage everybody to go out and check out that episode with you guys. Yeah, I have to say I have a professional man crush on Tim Creasy. <laughs> he's just brilliant. I just love any conversation we have with him. Yeah, we had uh, I talked with Tim yesterday and he's going to be our guest on our next show. It'll be his return visit. He was on last year also. Uh, so yeah, we're, we've got some fun stuff to talk about. I, I think it's fun stuff. Hopefully the audience will enjoy it, but we'll see. It's good stuff. And then also I wanted to share the, the PMO leader community with everybody as well. Uh, for those who aren't aware of, of that, uh, the PMO leader community is a global community that is for PMO leaders Uh, or project managers, or agilists, or anybody in the industry of delivering projects. And it's a way for you to be able to come together and and network and exchange information. But we also have it set up as an e-commerce platform. So we couldn't find anywhere in the industry where project management professionals can go and transact on an Amazon-like setting to be able to buy books, get training, find consultants, book a speaker, whatever it may be that you need within your industry or your company to help you, we're trying to be that one-stop shop that you can go get it. At the same time, go on a discussion board, ask a question and get some people answer a question for you. Um, And then we host content. Um, So we have people who don't have a voice in this industry, like the three of us who host the show, but they would like to do it. They don't know how, they didn't have a platform, they didn't have a voice. So we have five different shows that are hosted on the community where it's just regular project management leaders who host a show on the book club and they review books every month and talk to the authors of those books um, or professional services firms who uh, always get a black eye or just out there trying to get money. Well, we interview the people from those communities and talk how they help people in our industry. Right? As a service provider, I know our clients are happy that we're there. And had they not known about us, they may not have been in a position they're in today with the success they've had. So we try to give the industry as a whole an opportunity to shine and not just a few individuals that are are the most popular people that are always out there. So certainly invite everybody to go out there and check out the PMO leader and see if it's a good fit for you as well. We had a question come in. I want to ask you guys. Luis Herrera asked, do you think there's a difference in the way a man and a woman manage a project? And would there be a way to take advantage of those differences by assigning one or other based on that? Mm -hmm. Asia, what's your thoughts on that? (laughs) That's an interesting question. Um, The way I'm reading it, 
there, I don't think there's a, a difference as in a woman is better than a man. Um, there's just different approaches. And it's still, in my experience, a woman has her own, uh, any woman, you know, different women have their own approach. I don't think that's the case. I think it's maybe of the methodologies that you follow on the project, um, how you approach a project in general, whether you're a man or you're a woman. For example, um, I worked at Walgreens Corporate as an IT project manager, and I knew nothing about technology or IT. And so for me, as a good project manager, the way I approached um, the projects was when I set in on um, meetings with the developers of trying to learn at least high level of what they what they were talking about, what they needed, what the QA teams needed, everybody, all the stakeholders there. And that was new to me because that was one of my new that was one of my first roles in project management. And so I don't think it comes down to being a man or a woman, but I do think it does come down to understanding, you know, whatever that product is that you're working on, that industry, and then learning your team enough to know what is it that you need? Because if you're in a project project management role, you're the connector, right? You're seeing the big picture. Everyone's really great at what they do, but they're only head down in their own silos. So really understanding how you can connect the dots for everyone to keep that project moving. And um, people say devil is in the details, but I love those details. And so I think it's just more of an approach, whether you're a man or a woman, that makes you really good in that role. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I don't see this difference between a man and a woman, but I think you would need to focus more on the differences between people and project managers. This re- project management as a professional title is kind of kind of ridiculous because it's so broad. If you think of there's project managers who run, you know, you know, ten hundred million dollar projects, and there are project managers who run five hundred dollar projects, it's still a project manager. And so along that huge spectrum. Even, even within the same sector, the same kind of projects, you're going to have some project managers who um, are really good at forcing and pushing through, pushing things through. You've got some that are going to be maybe a little more diligent uh, when it you know, comes to some of the details, maybe more technical, maybe more people focused. You have to focus more on what is the right project manager for a particular project or a certain circumstance and, and not worry about if they're a man or woman, I'd say. Yeah, I, th- I think I re- I'm remembering back to the show with Elise that I had talked about earlier, the Celebrating Women in Project Management. At that time, if I'm remembering right, we were, the Marvel movies were, were you know coming out every other month. It seemed like there was another one, right? And the best part about them all was we finally were getting to see female superheroes, mm-hmm. right? And it was just another example of how in society, all the strong, all the, the people who came to the rescue were always men. Mm-hmm. But now within platforms beyond the workforce, where it was broader reach, where billions of people are seeing things or millions of people are seeing movies, and there's a woman that is leading the charge. There's a woman that's winning that that battle. So I, I'm with you, both of you guys. I don't, I don't think it matters that a man or a woman is running the project. I think what matters is that we're allowing and giving the right women the chance to lead those projects. That has been a challenge, I think, within our industry, um, and, and I'm glad that as an industry, we're probably not where we need to be, but I think in the past few years, there's certainly been more progress made, at least. So, Luis, thank you for uh, that question, and there was a comment back on that uh, from Michelle Baker uh, that says that she's seen different access to next projects, though, for women, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the assignments maybe are challenged. Uh, but perhaps the running the project themselves is is okay. So let's go on to our, our next topic here is, again, we talked about the mentoring and all the different shows that we've all been a part of and the different guests we've had on our show. Are there one or two maybe that stand out for any particular reason as maybe providing some additional influence to you along the way or, or maybe made you pause something beyond your man crush with Tim Kim is there any <laughs> is there any other ones that you can uh, you can think of I, I well I, I gotta I gotta talk about Tim here of course sure uh, yeah you know it's what I it was really nice talking with him he had just a, he had a number of different topics he talked us through when it came to change management and so many of them were really so profound that I found myself quoting content from the show to my colleagues to my partners 
and then at home, which, you know, <laughs> like what you're talking about, but uh, it's just really changed the way I think about uh, change and the way people uh, go through change. It was really profound for me. Yeah. Uh, Asia, how about you? I love all of them because uh, they all have their own very unique perspectives. Um, we had one of our, actually, one of our first podcasts I had with um, Haja Tankara, and she's an IT project manager. She's also a Black woman, and it was, uh, it was just, and she's been in the industry for 20 years as well, and it was, our whole podcast was about imposter syndrome. That was something that always comes back, right? Because there is a lot of talk with imposter syndrome with women in project with women in project management, but just in general too, right? Um, because a lot of different perspectives of, you know, uh, like one of the people who uh, I think that was Michelle Baker who put a comment. Sometimes just the access and being able to get on a project, and so. One of, yes, one of my first roles was IT project manager, but my very first role was a, um, a project coordinator. And I went out for the project management role, I ended up getting the project coordinator role, and then eventually I got the project manager role. But that was because I was already doing the work of, pro of the project managers. And I was on a team with other men. They were all amazing men. They, I'm still friends with all of them now. And they taught me a lot, but it came to a point in my career, I said, well, why am I doing all the same work and I don't have the same title as you guys, right? So sometimes that kind of works on you even years later in your career and, and that kind of plants a seed sometimes of that imposter syndrome because then you kind of sometimes think, well, is it something I'm not good enough at or can I be better at this or that? So that was one of the, the, the um, podcasts that really consistently comes up um, because everyone deals with imposter syndrome in, in one way or another. Um, but from that woman's perspective, from a woman of color's perspective, there's a lot of other factors a lot of times that's in that that comes into play um, that you just don't know if that is a thing or not. And sometimes you're just wanting to have a shot, you know, of, of opportunity for different roles. So I would say that was, that's definitely one of them is imposter syndrome. You know, that, that's interesting you mentioned that show topic because one of our most recent shows was on that exact same topic, imposter mm -hmm. syndrome. And uh, we call it imposter syndrome diagnosis and treatment. <laughs> um, and I was really, it was a topic that was requested, maybe demanded by our, our member audience. They really wanted to hear us talk about that. Uh, and it's something we encountered a lot in our one-on-ones. And I have to say, it's one of the episodes we've gotten most feedback on. Uh, it's mm -hmm. something that everybody feels and everybody feels like nobody else feels it, I think, sometimes. So yeah. I think it's really good for for all of us to talk talk about that and bring it out because, you know, as uh, project managers are usually high, highly capable and they're aware of how difficult things can be. And so they talk themselves talk themselves out of trying to go for things sometimes. And so it's good to bring that out and say, you know, you should, you should go for it. It's, it's not that bad. I think, I think that's a really great point, Kim. And I think it's also just power in having those discussions, right? Because it just validates your feelings. Sometimes literally that's all someone needs because sometimes if you're in your own little bubble, especially if you're working in project management, because a lot of times you're kind of in your own little bubble and you're working with your team, but, um, but it, it, you kind of psych yourself out sometimes. And sometimes you just need someone to validate your feelings or even just share some of they had that they stumbled, you know, in their career, they failed or they went ahead and went for that role and then surprised themselves because they got it, you know? So there, there's so many of those different stories, but I think when we, when we speak on them and speak about some of those, uh, maybe even failures, it has even more power because you can kind of validate, validate each other's feelings and kind of hype each other up too <laughs> and let people know, like, listen, more, more people, you know, than none who've gotten to a certain level, there's a lot of failure before they get there. So just hurry up and fail fast so you can get to whatever that goal is that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. It makes me, you know, think back to some of the shows we've had on here as well. And, to your point, they're all great shows and they're all great guests, but sometimes the mood you're in, the, the situation in life, something sticks with you maybe a little bit more than others and some for good reasons and some for not. I, we had Colin Ellis on from Australia and again, we're a live show and the internet went out during the show. 
what do you do when you're hosting a show and your guest is no longer accessible? Uh, so that was a memorable moment that uh, has stayed with me. Of uh, Luckily, we had an in-studio guest that day as well, so we were able to keep the show going, but we lost half of the content, right? So we invited Colin back to join us for a show down the road. Um, another one was I had Dr. Kersner on the show. And this is, to me, it's, you know, the guy that's on the Mount Rushmore Project Management. Joe, you know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I know them. He was just a guest on the show, right? But, but you, I reached out and he said, yeah, I'd love to come on your show. So that was fun. But I said, listen, I've got the guy, right, who, who's kind of written all the books on this. And all we heard growing up in project management was scope, quality, time, budget, right? It's the golden triangle of things, right? What, that's how you measure success. So I said, I got the guy in front of me. I'm going to ask him, Dr. Kersner, how do you measure success on a project? And he said, it's very simple. Did the business get what they wanted from it? There was nothing about budget. There was nothing about time, nothing about scope, nothing about the quality of it. it was, was the business happy with the project? My world is a lie. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how I felt, right? At that moment, I said, I've got to stop thinking that way because th it was so simple but so true, right? And, and that's what we, we've done with our clients ever since that day. We, we Sure, you measure those things because they help you get to the outcome of did the business get what they wanted to, but it doesn't change the fact that the outcome is the most important thing that you have to make sure you achieve, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the other, probably the, the most impactful moment for me was um, we've, I'm assuming most of us or many of us have seen the movie Lone Survivor. Um, and John McCaskill was a guest on our show. He was in that team, uh, Navy SEAL team, that performed that operation. And the day before, he was, he was the SEAL commander, uh, and he recounted this story during the show. So certainly for everybody to go out and listen to the show to get his words, not me paraphrasing it. But he told uh, command that the, danger, uh, the mission was too dangerous and he wasn't going to do the operation. His team wasn't going to perform it. And as you know, of course, because there's a movie about it, the mission went forward and it was a bad mission. And he was back at command having to listen to the, the radio communications mm -hmm. as to what was happening. So our show was about uh, mindfulness and meditation and the experience that he had to go through with the survivor guilt and all of the emotions attached to that. And we, we picture these Navy SEALs as such hardened warriors that they can handle everything. But for his entire life after that moment, of course, was impacted greatly by it. So John continues to do, to do great work supporting veterans these days with his mindfulness and meditation. He has his own podcast uh, mm -hmm. now. I think it's Men Speaking Mindfulness. And if I got that wrong, I'm sorry, John, but go check it out. Search up John McCaskill. So the, that's where I talk about the reality of life, right? I mean, we, we're in this running projects and there's a guy that's fighting wars for us um, and making decisions that are impacting life and death situations. But within project management, if you're an aerospace project manager or a healthcare project manager or other, you may be influencing lives with your projects as well. So, you know, thank you both for sharing some of those. And, and one other moment I'll share that was unexpected for me. Uh, Kenneth Stennis was on the show way back early on, and he had heard or known that I had co-founded VPMMA, the nonprofit organization to support veterans uh, transitioning into civilian project management careers. And unbeknownst to me, he gave us a gift on air live during that. Uh, so completely off guard of, hey, Joe, here's, I think it was $5,000 donation to VPMMA from his organization, uh, Project Sensei, um, so, or Sensei Project Solutions. So another great opportunity uh, and a moment to be caught off guard. It's like my producer and I were looking at each other after that happened because nobody could speak. She had tears rolling down her eyes. It was, uh, it was just a fantastic moment on the show. So the, again, this is where you do a radio show about project management and some other fun stuff happens along the way. So we talked about some of the guests that we've had on the show that have made a difference for us. How, are there any guests that you're tracking that maybe you haven't had on yet, that you're stalking them in some way, that you want to get them to get on, you'd love to be able to share their story, get their message. Uh, Asia, is there anyone that you can think of that it would be great if you could get them on the show? You know, 
what? My honest answer is I don't have anyone in mind in particular because the way I kind of approach it is I like to just stay open because I know that there's so many things that I still have to learn and there's so many different perspectives. And so um, I really just stay open. A lot of times, funny enough, um, women will send me a message or send me an email and say, hey, I would love to talk about this. And a lot of times that's organically how it happens and it just blows me away. But no one in particular that I can think of, besides maybe you, Joe, <laughs> we'll make an exception and have a man on, right? <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll come on, sure, why not? But, uh, but yeah, I just look, to me, I kind of practice um, just really staying open to um, the different opportunities and all the different amazing perspectives that people have, um, because I, I love learning about all of it. The invitation is out there in the future when when the timing is right. Um, okay. Not that I'm pushing myself on it, okay. but I'll I, I'd love to come on and talk. Hey, I'm, that's, I spent 20 plus years in Atlanta, so I've got lots of Atlanta stories to go back and talk about as well. That'd, that'd, be, be, great. that'd be a lot of fun. How about you, Ken? <laughs> yes. Oh, who is it? Yeah, I, I, I um. Uh, <clears throat> I might have actually confirmed this guest in the hour before I, oh, I drove down here. Breaking so. news. Drum roll, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spoil it, but uh, fingers crossed. Uh, so uh, when the COVID vaccinations opened up and, and there were these pods that, that got stood up, these big facilities, and the one I went to to get a vaccination was down at um, the Cardinals Arena. Mm-hmm. And we drove up and I, my mind was completely blown at how incredibly organized and efficient this thing was. It was like a machine. I mean, this is, it was a parking lot and suddenly there's a vaccination site, there's healthcare professionals, there's people guiding traffic. There's some kind of a very efficient way to get thousands, hundreds of thousands, I think, of people through this process. Uh, they've got PDAs, they're tracking everything. They've got my appointments, they've got healthcare professionals, they're monitoring. I thought this is absolutely amazing. I was, yeah. I was glowing and I, I kept talking. My wife was in the car with me. She's like, gosh, please be quiet. <laughs> but um, I thought this is amazing. I mean, I don't know who organized this thing, but I've got to track them down. And since then I've been trying to track somebody down who I can talk to, who's willing to come on. And I just dead end, dead end, dead end. And then I went and had happy hour, like, uh, I don't know, a couple months ago with an old friend of mine. We had lost touch because of, you know, COVID and he kind of does his thing, my thing. And we were talking and I happened to, he was asking about the podcast and I mentioned this thing and how it was still driving me nuts. And he says, oh, you know, I did one of those. I said, <laughs> you, you did what? He says, oh yeah, I set one up and I read it. Like, there's no way. And he says, oh yeah. And he started telling me all about it. And I said, can you, can I have you on the show? And he's like, well, I got to get permission and all this. And so... I just chatted with him before I came. He says, I got the thumbs up. I can come and do it. So awesome. I cannot wait. Just, he started telling me about it right now. And I was really nerding out. I said, stop right now. Stop right now. Stop. <laughs> I want to save some of it. I want to save, save it for the show. Uh, but I, it's, it's like my, my Christmas wish came true for, for a podcast episode topic. Uh, lucky you. Well, I'll share mine and, and hopefully I can get as lucky as you've been. The Foo Fighters have been in the, the news recently. Uh, their drummer passed away, Taylor Hawkins. But long before then, I just, I love the Foo Fighters. I, I just, it's music is a big part of my life and they bring tremendous joy to it. But another person who they brought tremendous joy to was Fabio Zaffinini. And I apologize if I mispronounced his name, Fabio. But if you've ever seen the, the thousand musicians come together and play music, he started an organization uh, that does that. And they had a project that they did, Rocking 1000 is, is the name of the organization. And he's in a small town in Italy, Sassini, Italy, Italy. And he was the project manager that brought together a thousand musicians, drummers, guitar players, bassists, singers, etc., and had them all play a Foo Fighter song. And the purpose of that, the outcome of that, was to get the Foo Fighters to come to Sassini, Italy, and play a concert. And he, uh, here's a line from the video. If you go out and watch the YouTube, I watch it every single day. So I'm, I'm a <laughs> lunatic that starts my day with the same video every day. But uh, And um, I'll apologize if, if you think some of the words in here aren't appropriate, but, you know, we're live. Uh, he says in the video, 
I've been working on this fucking project for more than one year, waking up every morning thinking about how to make it real. That's the life of a project manager. He organized a thousand musicians from around Italy to come play one song. For over a year, it took him to do this. And the outcome was the Foo Fighters went and played that concert. And Dave Grohl went out there and he acknowledged it and all the Foo Fighters acknowledged it and it became a world event. To me, I think it's the best project mm -hmm. in the history of mankind. Now, the people at NASA may, may have an issue with that. The Egyptians building the pyramids may have an issue with that. But to me, it has changed my life forever since the day I saw that video. I need that guy to be on this radio show. So for everybody out there listening, if you have any way for me to be able to, I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. I've sent him messages. He won't return them. <laughs> so I've become the stalker, right? So if there's a, this, just like he did, creating a video to get the Foo Fighters to come be on a show, we're now live out there. Fabio, I'm looking at the camera. Where's the camera? If you are listening, please come on my show. You will make me complete when you're on my show. Maybe, right. maybe Joe, you need to organize a thousand project managers to sing a Foo Fighters song. Well. <laughs> Just put us all to work. I don't, I don't know about the singing, but Frank Salatus, he's oh, been on the show sorry. and he's the singing PM, right? He plays uh, guitar and everything. Maybe I could get Frank to to do that. Oh yeah, let's organize a project of let's see six degrees of separation. Somebody in my network knows Fabio, and I've got to get him on the show. <laughs> Oh, this is fun. I love it. I love Here's the point, right? We're having a lot of fun on the show and we're sharing a lot of good information because it's a celebration, right? It's a hundred shows. Mm -hmm. So just from your perspective in your career, what have you been able to celebrate, right? That I think is important for you personally or your, your community or your family or your company, you know, celebrations often get pushed off in project management, right? It's you put in all the work, you end up going live, and then the next thing everybody's talking about is how many bugs are there from the go live, right? You didn't get the chance to celebrate. So here we are, right? Let's. What are some things that you guys have experienced that either deserved a celebration, you've had the celebration, or, or how can celebration be a, an important part of what we do? Kim, I'll, uh, you and Asia both have that look of like, don't make me go first. <laughs> but, uh, Am I hiding behind my microphone here? But we'll, we'll start with you, Kim. Sorry. How to celebrate? Or Any, celebrate? Anything related to celebration, right? So yeah, I, I am every day, I'm thankful for um, my my partners. So Kate, my partner in my podcast, and Drew and Matt, my partners for, for Call Me Group. Because, you know, when, when you start something off and, you, you know, there's nothing there, it's a huge risk. And for you, for you to reach out to somebody and say, hey, do you want to do this crazy, stupid thing with me that might be a complete and utter waste of your time? <laughs> and they say, oh, sure. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> somebody who's got that much faith in you and wants to take that journey with you is something you really, really should celebrate. So if, if you've got um, partners like that in your life or, or people you work with, uh, people who partner with you to have you on on your podcast. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. Um, to support each other, um, just really take a moment, and be thankful for it. Yeah, I love that. Asia, how about you? First of all, Joe, I think this is such a beautiful question because this is something that I had to pause last year and say I have to get better at. Um, just like you said, it. it it, it really also additionally validates my feelings. I think because we're the ones always doing the planning, it's just all about the planning, 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 go, then you launch, and then it's like, okay, then the real work starts, right? And then a lot of people, you know, hopefully benefit from what you're creating, but it's a lot more of go, go, go. And I know that that's definitely been my story. We, we, we love it. We're crazy. We're good at it, right? <laughs> but we, I, I know for myself, I don't take those moments to pause and even reflect and do those lessons learned. We're, we're good at doing that on projects and certain things, but just in general of what we've accomplished or even running a community or, or the, the sheer energy that it takes to do all of that, right? But we love it. We're passionate about it. So um, I am intentionally trying to um, create those moments. Um, that's one of the things that I want to do this year. We're going on our seventh year of existence. And 
I just have, I've just been going. <laughs> I've just been going. So um, funny enough, I have not announced it yet and I'm not announcing it just yet, all the official, but we are, I'm, I'm planning a, um, like a live event. Um, and so this is kind of, yes, it's for um, women to gather and project management uh, to support each other, have basically bringing all, everything that we do live inside the membership live in real life um because there's plenty of people who we've seen each other we've cried together we've seen the ups and downs and we've known each other for years and we've never been in the same room right we got close and then COVID hit <laughs> and then it was like okay back up two steps and so that's one of the things that i i'm doing it for the community but it's also for myself to to take a look back and sometimes you know especially when you're doing it virtually you know on podcasts and you know radio shows and it's it's real, but it's so surreal, you know, of all these amazing people that you get to know. And um, and so I'm planning that so we can just all be in the presence of one another. And then I can kind of physically look at everyone and look over the crowd as we're doing all the, the learning and the loving and all the other things. But just to be in the, the sheer presence of them, that's something that I'm planning that I've never done before. Um, and that's it. And part of me, I'm distracting myself because, you know, it's another project. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think it's important to take those those times. I did say that, you know, I want to do more of those things. We do everything virtually, but just finding other ways to connect. But I think it's in those moments, at least for me, that I feel like, oh, wow, this is actually really real. <laughs> you know, when you see those paid people sometimes, it, or you just have something that's out of the norm, um, that's kind of an extension of your business. Um, so that that's definitely one of the, the things that I said I wanted to incorporate more. And I think that that came from, I forgot his name, Joe, but you mentioned one of the guys who um, does like mindfulness. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that you tied those two together because I do a lot of yoga, a lot of meditation. And for me, that's kind of where it came from, too, because it was more of we go, 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 go. But like just sitting in the moment and enjoying it and not um, not taking those moments for granted. Like we're on your 100th show, right? Like not taking that for granted. You, you worked years to get here and you there's a lot of work, in a, you know, from you and your team. So just making space and time to, to acknowledge and kind of pat yourself on the back, but just kind of breathe it all in and appreciate it. So I think that's a great point because we get so focused on getting our project done, getting it done, getting it done, and it gets done. And now you either look back and think of all the things that could have gone better or you're mm -hmm. on to the next one. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I had a, a, a one of my one of my personal favorite episodes that we've done was with a race director from Ironman because I'm mm -hmm. a you know, past Ironman. And so to have to speak with a regional race director for Ironman about the amazing project that goes behind creating an Ironman event was pretty amazing. And I asked him, you know, is there a, at what point do you feel like you're done? Because immediately you have to start planning the next one. He says, it's never one minute. It's never that moment when you're done and everything's packed up in the trucks or the last person crosses the finish line. He says, you don't know what it'll hit you sometime in, during the day. So you're, you're, you're watching the sunrise over the swimmers in the water, or you're watching a lone runner by themselves, you know, late in the race, just kind of pushing through their own challenges and making it there. And I think that that's a great lesson that I took was really stop and, well, I don't say smell the triathletes, but <laughs> just stop and look for those moments because they happen throughout the project. They happen throughout your life. And it's not just at the end when everything is sorted. There are those great moments throughout and you need to stop and celebrate those all the way along. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the thing I'll mention is celebrate the unexpected. Mm -hmm. um, so many people have come on the show and we've had discussions that, that they ended up in a place that they never intended to start. The show is a perfect example. I never thought I'd be here for a hundred episodes and, but it's open doors that I was willing to walk through that I normally wouldn't have been able to have been exposed to. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Karsten Lay was on the show and he had talked about growing up in, I think it was Germany, a family of farmers. And his family said, you know, he graduates high school and what are you going to do? And they think he's going to work the family farm. And he wants to, to go explore the world and travels to Mexico and South America. And now he's in Vietnam, but he was willing to take that risk, right? Every, mm -hmm. I think 
every guest we've ever had on here didn't start out as a project manager. Mm -hmm. They ended up as a project manager of some kind, but they had to say yes at some point when somebody said, are you willing to? And for everybody listening out there, celebrate saying yes to something that you didn't plan on doing, right? Go outside your traditional comfort zone and see what's there, right? Mm -hmm. uh, earlier, Asia, you had mentioned fail fast, right? On something like, I, I take those and I, I change it slightly. Like I call it life work balance instead of work life balance. I don't say fail fast. I say learn fast. Mm -hmm. it, it isn't a failure. Right? It's right. a learning, right? Take it to, to do something and learn it, right? So that, that's what I say is let's celebrate saying yes to things that we just aren't sure about. As Kim had mentioned earlier, right? You know, mm -hmm. you, you didn't know it's going to work or not, but you just go do it. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what I'd say for today. When I look at the clock, as I do with every episode, I say, geez, how did an hour go by already? We're just getting started. Wow. Like, yeah. is this a two hour show today? I don't know. Uh, but here we are. We're at the conclusion again. So I, I always like to give you guys an opportunity to say, hey, is there anything we didn't talk about today that you want to be able to mention? Uh, and if not, that's fine. Uh, but how can people get in touch with you, right? What's the best way for people to get in touch with you to, to be able to connect and after the show to keep the conversation going? So Asia, we'll, we'll start with you. Yeah, so um, I don't think it's anything that we that we didn't cover. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, I think we talked about so many things. So I loved it. And thank you for having me here. Um, if anyone wants to connect with me, they can find me um, at Asia Watkins on LinkedIn, Women of Project Management on LinkedIn. We have um, ridiculously amount of uh, fun on Instagram too. There's about 25,000 women in project management over there. And so you can follow us at Women of PM. Basically, Women of uh, PM anywhere on any platform or womenofpm.com. So. You can find me anywhere. Google my name. There's not a many. There's not many Asias out there. So <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Kim, how about you as well? Well, it's a pleasure meeting you, Asia. Nice to nice to meet you. you. Um, I've seen your podcast out there, so it's really you're doing some great work. And Joe, thanks again for having me on on the podcast. Really appreciate it, especially on a milestone episode like this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to connect and chat on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can you can find me there. Uh, you can listen to us cut it up about project management on Project Management Happy Hour podcast on any aggregator out there you can find. And then, um, you know, on the PMO side, if you want to nerd out about project management tools, we do that too at the uh, Call Me Group, K-O-L-M-E group.com. Awesome. Thank you, Kim, for being on. And and part of the logic on this was when we started the show, we tried to always have a local guest and then somebody who was out the area because when I moved to Phoenix, it always seemed like Phoenix had redheaded stepchild syndrome, right? It was like, we're not as good a project management town as the rest of the country or world. And I said, I want to bring on a local guest and a non-local guest so that we could see collectively, we can carry that conversation just as well as any other part of the world as well. So Kim, that's, it's great to have local and uh, non-local representing us once again, going back to kind of our original format. So thanks so much for joining us. And Asia, thanks so much for joining as well. Thank you. Thank you to all the listeners and, and your comments and questions. I know we didn't get to all of them, but I certainly appreciate you joining in. Be sure to visit pmosquad.com slash podcast to check out all of our shows. And of course, all the podcast platforms, right, to be able to go out there and capture them. We've got a great lineup of guests. We're not stopping at 100. We're going to continue onward. Uh, so next show, we're going to have Tim Creasy from ProSci. We had mentioned Yay, that. Woo. So we get another uh, <laughs> another chance to talk with Tim. Louise Worsley from South Africa will be joining. Ricardo Martin from Spain. Sanjeev Augustine. Melissa McDonald, the Smart PM. Uh, Constantine Rebel and Robert Breeze from uh, Germany, Mate Severa. Uh, we're going to have some folks from Trackvia talk about citizen developer. They're going to be joining us. We're going to have uh, some folks from Claire, uh, not Claire, that's, that's the company that you support <laughs> over there. Uh, Keaton, Keaton's going to be joining us as well. We're working on the format of what that's going to look like. Um, and potentially, but probably not, I mentioned this in the past, our June 16th guest is Maria Abdelina. Marina's in Ukraine, um, so most likely we're not going to be having Maria join us uh, for that show, but the invitation is there and the spot is there if we're able to make that happen. I have had some LinkedIn communication with her, but everybody keep 
Maria, her her loved ones, and and all of the people in Ukraine, and your thoughts and prayers as they go through this uh, horrible invasion that they're working through right now. Mm -hmm. Reminder: the shows are recorded. We are live. We didn't lose internet, so that was great. Uh, so we are a live show, but they're recorded. So go out and subscribe. Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to our sponsors, the PMO Squad and the PMO Leader. And that's it for now. Office hours are closed. Until next time, I'm PMO Joe, and you've been listening to Project Management Office Hours. Thanks for listening to another episode of Project Management Office Hours with PMO Joe. You're not alone in your project management journey. We're here to help you achieve your goals. Subscribe to Project Management Office Hours on your favorite podcast platform to catch all of our episodes and hear industry leaders share their story and secrets to success.